Thanks for joining us in the spring of 2022 for the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, Brother Mark Clements is going to guide us through the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The nation of Israel, while far from perfect, demonstrates for the Bible student God's high standards for his people, how we fail miserably at meeting those standards, and finding grace in Jesus. So grab your copy of the Adult Study Guide or your Bible and study along with Brother Mark. Today's lesson is entitled, Moses and Israel, from Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 3, 33, 26 through 29, and 34, 10 through 12. The application is, the student will learn that true greatness, such as seen in Moses, lies in one's closeness to God. Seeking the context. Everyone wants to be great. As a child, I daydreamed about pitching for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Even into adulthood, we still have dreams of doing great things. It is obvious that we were created in the image of God who also does great things. Our desires to grow, learn, create, build, achieve, or exercise our dominion over the creation are fingerprints from our Creator. When our desires to be great become detached from our Creator, we create problems. History is filled with men and women who exerted their power and influence in order to become great, but did so in unsavory manners. Their names might be remembered, but for wrong reasons. For Christians, it is necessary to define what we mean by greatness. Truly, only God is great, which means biblical greatness is found in those men and women who most closely align with God and His will. True greatness for the glory of God might not guarantee your name is remembered forever. For those who desire greatness in God's eyes, fame is far less important than effectiveness in God's kingdom. In Scripture, we observe that the leaders who were most effective for God's kingdom advancement maintained close personal relationships with God. Moses was one of those examples. Today's text finds us at the end of Deuteronomy, and the end of Moses' life on earth. He had done nearly everything God had asked him to do. He had led his best and poured out his life for the sake of of Israel. Moses acted as an intercessor on Israel's behalf to God and prophetically guided them in the word and the way of God. He longed for their success into the future as God established them in their new homeland. Moses made mistakes along the way. The most notable error was striking the rock at Meribah Kadesh instead of speaking to it, misrepresenting the holiness of God to the people. For this sin, Moses would not be allowed to enter the promised land. Deuteronomy 32, 51 and 52. But even this grievous error did not disqualify Moses from leading God's people until his last day. He maintained a humble, hopeful, and honorable attitude as he faithfully served the Lord. Today we will see what true greatness in God's eyes looks like. As we observe the example of Moses, take special note of how all the attributes of a great spiritual leader come as the result of closeness to God. Why is a personal relationship with God required for true greatness? Searching the text. Humble contentment. From Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 3. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am an hundred and twenty years old this day. 
I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. People who strive for greatness for the wrong reasons usually give in to the temptation to pridefully assert themselves into every possible situation of influence. If desire for fame, wealth, or recognition motivates a person, he will quickly disqualify himself from becoming a godly leader. On the contrary, someone who desires to glorify God alone has the proper motivation. Moses rarely sought the spotlight. Even at the burning bush, he attempted to back down from God's offer to lead Israel to freedom. Moses was very meek. Numbers 12.3 He approached his role as leader with great timidity and dependence upon the Lord for strength. Moses acknowledged his age and increasing inability to get around like he once could. Moses also acknowledged and accepted the consequences for his sin at the waters of Meribah. There we saw a rare outburst from Moses as he struck the rock instead of speaking to it as God had commanded. Because of this act, God forbade Moses from entering the promised land, and Moses accepted God's ruling. Moses did not resist God's plan. Even though he would not be part of the conquest, Moses was happy for Israel's success and gladly commissioned Joshua to lead Israel into the next chapter of God's story. He knew God was in control, so he could end his journey on earth peacefully content with the role he had played. Moses' close relationship with God made all the difference in how he led. If Israel had chosen their own leader, as they often threatened to do, they might have chosen someone who would not have been as humble as Moses was. Other leaders, motivated by pride, might have resisted God's plan and attempted to go into the promised land against God's direction. Other leaders might not have acquiesced to God's desires to end the journey just short of the Jordan, but Moses did. He was humbly content. It might not make very much sense in comparison to worldly definitions of greatness, but people used by God to do great things resist pride and embrace humility. They resist greed and happily accept the roles God has for them to accomplish. The world teaches people to win at all costs. God teaches people to be content with Him, and He will bring victory. We may not be around to enjoy the next generation's spiritual conquests, but we can humbly pour into them and remind them of God's certain victory that awaits them. How do you maintain humility when you consider your role in God's kingdom? Number two, hopeful praise. Deuteronomy 33, 26-29. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and in his excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. Israel shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon the land of corn and wine. Also his heavens shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. 
Moses summoned Joshua to his side and, in the sight of all the people, encouraged him to be strong and courageous, following the leadership of Jehovah, who would never leave him. Deuteronomy 31, 7, and 8. Moses had strong confidence that God would do what he said he would do. Moses had hope, even in the face of his own death. He then broke out into a song of worship and exclaimed the goodness of God. Deuteronomy 32, 1-42. Next, Moses turned to the congregation and pronounced blessings on the tribes. He concluded his life with words of hopeful praise. At the end of his blessing on Israel, Moses exalted God who had ridden through the skies to rescue Israel. God, not the land of Canaan, would be Israel's true resting place, as he would provide safe haven for his people. Israel's response at the salvation of God would be one of celebration since God had rescued them, protected them, and would give them victory over their enemies. These hopeful words of praise are the very last recorded remarks of Moses. He used his last breaths to exalt God who would bring hope to the hearts of the hearers. Moses knew all these truths about God because of the time he spent with Jehovah. He was convinced that everything Israel had been blessed with had come from the mighty hand of God. Worldly leaders want to be known for their eloquence or timely remarks. Many speeches by leaders throughout history are committed to memory because of the responses they garnered. Moses' last words were not selected to prop up his own legacy. Instead, he used his final moments to magnify God and inspire his unique people to trust him alone. If we want to be great in God's eyes, we must use our speech in similar manners. Instead of magnifying our problems or our abilities, we would be wise to magnify God. The words we use in speech and singing should glorify God and influence people around us. This world has enough negativity and hate. Let us fill the air with words of praise that exalt our God and what He can do. Let us turn our attention toward Him and tell the world how great is our God. There is hope in the good news of Jesus Christ. How does your praise of God bring encouragement to others? Number three, honorable testimony. Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land and in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. When Moses concluded his remarks of blessing and praise, he left them and ascended to the top of Mount Pisgah. From there, God showed Moses the land of Canaan. Finally, Moses was allowed to see the land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even though he would not be able to enter it. Having seen the promised land, Moses died. He was 120 years old when God brought him home. After he died, God buried him in a place no one knows. When Israel learned of his death, they rightfully mourned and wept for 30 days. Deuteronomy 34, 1-8 This revered, godly leader would be missed dearly by the people of God. Moses had led them well. He had preserved their lives more than they probably knew. He demonstrated the glory of God for them. Everything God wanted the people to know came through the mouth of Moses. 
while Joshua had been commissioned by Moses and had been embraced by the people, there was never a prophet like Moses in all Israel. Moses had talked with the Lord face to face, and God had granted him the ability to do great things in the sight of all the people. The legacy of Moses is recorded in the Word of God forever, providing a model of godly leadership for all to learn and apply. When we come to the end of our time on earth, I wonder what will be said about us. What kind of legacy will be carried on in our names once we go home? The greatest part about Moses' testimony was the acknowledgement of the hand of the Lord. None of the great things that Moses did in his life was accomplished by his own power. If it had not been for the power and presence of God, we would not be talking about Moses today. The best testimony anyone can share about us is that we were used by God. I hope the name of Jesus is more prominent at my funeral than my own name. Truly, we can be nothing more honorable unless God does it through us. Anything good in us is because God is in us. People who are great in God's eyes have honorable testimonies that direct all the glory and praise rightfully to Him. What do you hope others would say about you at the end of your life's journey? Setting the application. If we want to be great, we must allow God to be great in us. Certainly Moses held a special place in God's plans for Israel. He was the prime candidate to lead Israel to freedom. What made him so useful for God's purposes was his humility and contentment to be used by God however he wished. Moses trusted the Lord enough to do everything he asked of him and demonstrated contentment with God's plans. Moses was also very quick to sing songs of praise for all to hear. He was not afraid to worship in front of onlookers and willingly exalted the power and glory of Jehovah. Some Christians are hesitant to sing too loudly today for fear of embarrassment. May it never be among God's leaders. Moses' humble submission to God established a lasting, honorable testimony which has influenced millions over the course of time. He leaves a legacy of faith from which we all may learn. There is no problem with wanting to be a great leader like Moses. I wish everyone in our churches desired to rise to the spiritual challenges of leading people from slavery to freedom in Christ. The question is not whether we want to be great, but it is rather, do we want to be great in the world's eyes or in God's eyes? If we would be great in God's eyes, we must focus our personal relationship with Him. The closer we are to God, the greater He can use us for His glory. This goes contrary to the world's methods of greatness, but if we follow the example of Moses, we will have a far greater impact. May God raise up leaders in His churches like Moses. What do these texts tell you about how God may want to use you? Thanks for listening to another lesson on the Adult Study Guide podcast. We will catch you next week for another lesson in this great quarter. Until then, join us daily on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org.